It's that time, Jack. Yeah. Different. Yeah. I say different. Yeah. Well, we are about to get ourselves into that. It's that time, Jack. <laughs> Listen, man. And that's just how you feel like the universe just be working with you versus working against you because technical issues happen. Just to help right. pick the ball up high, so you know it's like it's like running down the basketball court, and then the ball like you know what I'm saying hits your leg, and then you got to like kind of reset it, so you stop for a minute, get your dribble together, and then you proceed with the play. You know what I'm saying? That's what I felt like that was. But welcome to the Tea Time Podcast, Mental Health. Me, your host Royal T, as well as. Your boy AB, but you can also call me Delhi. You know it, you know it, and uh, man, glad to be connected with you, bro. Happy holidays. Let's start Same with that. you, man. Happy holidays, and we might not, you know, be live on here to everybody um, when not when when the new year roll around. So we do want to say happy holidays to you all, and be sure to have a safe and a happy new year. Uh, that become important, bro, especially around these times now, being safe, bro, because it is a lot of stuff going on. A lot, bro, crazy stories going on. And a lot of the stuff, like I said, um, on our Black and Missing Foundation episode or whatever, <clears throat> it's crazy how much of it really don't make the news. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had a friend of no, mine. Not at all. had a friend of mine tell me the other day, uh, they had got a disturbing phone call or whatever about, their BF, like their best friend, murdering like their mom. I mean, their second mother and their their second mother's daughter. Like it was crazy. Like what? The what? Like the wows, the woes. The you know what I'm saying those factors be serious, bro. When some some of the random news that come across to me, I just be like, what is going on? I just pray for the world. You know what I mean? And. And I don't even know you can even process something like that if you're close to the situation, you know? Yeah, that's rough, bro. That's what I said. Like, man, that's heavy. That's hard to swallow. And then it's just hard to just write. Like you said, process. It's, that's just, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do in that situation or how to think, you know what I mean, until I get into that situation in hopes that I never end up in that situation. Man, it's Well, been- definitely, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It was like, let alone people that you know, they have to encounter something like that because that's one of the things where you know, cats say, "Oh man, if it was me, like you don't know what you would do in certain situations until you put in it, and you really hope you don't have to be put in those situations because you really don't want to know what that other side of you consists of." Exactly, that's that that's that dark side. Yeah, and, and a lot of people really don't know what their dark side is capable of. You know what I mean? But blacking out. Is a real thing, you know what I'm saying? And no question, you won't even know you experienced it until you experience it. Oh man, I've been um, I've been utilizing my little time off that I got. You know what I'm saying? With the holiday break away from the kids, I do miss my students. You know what I mean? But I have been utilizing this time off. You know what I mean? To really just reset my mind and get myself readjusted back into life with. So many different things going on at one time. It's like we've been getting hit with jab, 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 and uppercuts. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, stop. And uh, this week did get a little, well, no, 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 no. Not this week. Last week did get a little rough. Uh, remember I was texting. Uh, we was texting and I had told you, like, man, I wasn't even at 100%. Like, 
Some came Me either, man. Some and I'm still over. getting over it. That's what I man, I was just gonna say the same thing, and I'm still not at a hundred percent. But tested negative, so at least I know it's not that. But I don't know what it is, but it's some heavy. Like it was heavy, bro. I had me down. I think I had a I think I had a sinus infection, man, because it was all up in my nasal passages and everything, and then like I kept spitting up a lot of phlegm. Mm-hmm. So talking to my mom, she was like, go to Dollar Tree and get some of that nasal spray. She said, go Dollar Tree. Because she don't all like you Dollar Tree medicine. I mean, yeah. But nevertheless, she said, you don't need the top of the line sprays. Right, right. Just get the, because they got the something in it. She said, what that does is it dries up your nasal passages and it make you spit up more phlegm, which is getting rid of, you know. And that's what helped, man. It really did. It, because I wasn't losing appetite, nothing like that. I, I had right, no right. taste loss and that type of stuff. And then, like, even today, I was looking at the magic cap. I'm like, damn, I forgot I bought these last year. I don't know if you ever, have you ever seen those Vicks tablets that you put in the shower? No. Man, I've been using them for years, man. They, they're little white tablets, probably about the size of the bottom of a 20-ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. And it's three in a pack. Probably give like five dollars anywhere you go, Target, Walmart, whatever. You put it in the shower while you're in the shower, you just put it on the bottom, and it the 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 um the Vicks vapor scent comes up while you're showering and it helps open up your nasal passages. And the tablet may last about 15 minutes. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of cool. Do it actually, you know, how some people rub damn, you know, how some people <laughs> <laughs> you know, how some people rub Vicks like on their nose. On their throat or whatever, you know, what I'm saying before they go to bed, you know, stuff like that. This is the same thing, just in a pellet form, and you put it in the shower, on, right? Just put it on the ground, just drop it down, and the water slowly let it do makes thing. it disintegrate. It does its thing, man. And the vapors just come up, and just hit you in your nose. It's not super strong, but it's strong enough. So while you're sitting there lathering up, showering like you normally do. You you let this vapor hit you, man, and it 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 helps. That's uh, it's crazy how the world is is turning you away from even what was used to be common, like the common cold and stuff like that. Now it's just turning you away from that. As soon as you get sick or something, first thing your mind go to is COVID. And then, not me. And then you get to, <laughs> then you get shameful about it. You don't want to talk to nobody about it. You don't even want to tell nobody you're sick. Like it just man, it's just. It's rough, bro. It's Let me rough. Tell you something, man. First thing I do when I get sick, I'm all like, I'm automatically assuming it's a cold or a flu. Mm-hmm. Because I know if it's COVID, it's nothing I can do about it. So first thing is I, I go into the mode I used to go into. I go in there, get the third flu, get the you know what I'm saying. If I feel any type of difference, I know it ain't that. It's this. Right, right. That's all right. So bro. I don't think about that until. I don't have, like when I when I had it mm-hmm. back in 2019, and I was taking all the Vicks and the third flus and all that. Nothing was changing. Went to the doctor, got antibiotics. Nothing changed. It actually ran its course. I knew the end. Something ain't right. We didn't know what COVID was back then. We knew it was lingering, right. but we didn't know exactly what it was. Now I know if I take something, I don't feel no different. It's gonna be that mm-hmm. because there's nothing in this world that you can have. I'm talking about as far as like a common sickness, such as cold, flu, sore throat, whatever. Even a sore throat, you spray some stuff in in your throat, 
or suck on some cough drops, you're gonna feel a tad bit of relief. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the good thing of to kind of self-diagnose which you may have or don't have. And that's the tip. That's the tip from A D everybody on how you can self-diagnose yourself at home at a low price. Just use what you got, and if it don't do nothing for you, then it might be the COVID. That's the slogan. I got yeah. you. I got you covered for your commercial, bro. <laughs> there you go. Right, there you but go. I am glad it wasn't nothing major. You know, what I mean, on both parties. You know, what I'm saying you got it's just something going around. People just protect yourself. It's it's real. It's it's the real deal. Jeremy season now, so make sure you're washing your hands, sanitizing things down. Um, Mask up. Take all necessary precautions that you need to to make sure you're protecting you and your family because it's a crazy world, very crazy world. And that's like the no news, the news that we received today on John Madden, bro. Like that was rough, man. I'm a Madden fan. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a. Oh, I, no question. So that was like, all right. I, I mean, we're not getting no more video games. That's crazy. That's the first thing that my head went to, or whatever. But I showed was like, hey, I mean, we ain't getting no more video games, but. I didn't get to catch the special. Um, if you want to like give a quick little wrap down on on the special, I know you caught it, uh, just so we can shine a little light on the on the life of John Madden. Well, I just talked about um, his life in the retrospect. Um, people giving him shouts out. People just talking about how much influence he had on them. Guys like Lawrence Taylor, Troy Aikman, Brett Favre. Um, one thing they said, <clears throat> and just talked about his coaching career. He retired, him getting into broadcasting, which he didn't want to do. They kind of forced him to. And he said, man, I really like it. Um, Just, you know, Lawrence Taylor hit around the head. And other guys echoed his same sentiment. He said, you know, when you made the all-Madden team, that meant more to us as players than making all-pro. True. Because Madden picked guys that were tough, workhorses, they weren't the glamorous guys. They right. weren't just the name. You know what I mean? Like, if he shouted you out, he was like, when he came and did your games, you feel like you had to put on the show. You know what I'm saying? Just to have this guy say your name was a big deal. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. He, he became it, a, it, it, uh, he became a big figure for football, man. He, like a lot of people say, he is football. Right. You know what I mean? So, right. rest in peace to... John Madden died at the age of 85. Did they release any details on how? They said suddenly, so they didn't say. It got. Then I'm thinking it got to be something with, with age, man. That's just my theory. Those are, those are not facts. 85 years old, I mean, hey. It's just got to do with age, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, But thoughts and prayers go out to the family, friends, and everybody in just the football community alone. Um, I'm pretty sure that just hit home for everybody. and There'll be a lot of tributes yeah. and stuff going on, I'm sure. Uh, Sunday's games as the season comes to an end. And they might even do a tribute at the Super Bowl as well. Man, I know. That's rough, though. That's rough. Yeah. Let me tell you something else that's rough. You had me watch. I watched that documentary. I got all the way through it. I got all the way through it. Mm. I had to watch. I watched part four about three times. That's the one. And guess what? That's the part. If you watch it. Four or five times you gonna see something you missed the first three. Yeah, but man, part part four is uh, I guess part four felt more so modern for me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of the dated back history. Um, like of course it matters. I won't say it doesn't matter, 
Uh, but the thing about it is, is when it gets more modern, it gets more in touch with the stuff that we actually have and see today. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get more in touch with with the the modern, more modern history, uh, versus like the ancient history. You know what I mean? But yeah, part four is a uh, serious. I didn't it, now I kept now I see what you kept saying when you were when you were like uh, you didn't you knew, but some of the detail. Around it, um, especially when they was talking about like the Native Americans, bro, it made me just think differently about this land as a whole. You know what I mean? And and, and it comes to a deeper understanding of we don't belong. You know what I mean? This ain't our land. Mm. You know what I mean? We were brought over here some way, somehow in the mixture. We ended up over here. But if history never took the course that it did, like what would life be like? You know what I'm saying? Right. But Man, when it started, well, let me ask you this. Go ahead. <clears throat> what did you think about the part where they were showing them over at that, um, I forgot what they call it, you know, Hitler's Browns or whatever. Um, the Auschwitz? Yeah, and the family, you know, all these people lined up. They think it's a ticket to freedom. People say they got to go to the bathroom. Okay, come this way. They take them in there and kill them and put them in the oven. Right. Or the or the little girl just saying like, can she have, can I have some water, please? Right. Yeah. Go to the end of the line. I promise you, yeah. it's water. Like, yeah, it, bro, it's just it's it's crazy. But I was really like, I was really just wild by like the Native American history. You know what I'm saying? With like, cause this is this is the native land. You know what I mean? This is Native American land here. And mm-hmm. to see how they just like re- they just finessed. The Native Americans, something serious out the land, right? Just really, uh, really took me for a loop. They had like the bounties right. out. They was paying like two hundred dollar rewards. You know what I'm saying? Just for like hit the Native American heads, or you know what I mean, a hundred dollars for just scalp. Like it was just, bro, it was just crazy. And those are the deep details that I didn't know um, about this land. Is is how much this land was really built on genocide, bro. Mm. Um, for those that might not know, genocide, the, it's the deliberate killing of a large number of people from a particular nation or ethnic group with the aim of destroying that nation or that group. And though we are all still here and we all, done, we all have went through our different mishaps in history, uh, when we speaking from the European aspect, bro, it's just it's crazy how how much they the extent that they went to, especially when when they when they when they did the flip into the um, weapons when they started when they created guns and and cannons and all that stuff. Man, they just turned into a mass killing machine. Like anything that they could, they was just like, hey, we're gonna go take it over. We got the ultimate power. That's what the gun made Europeans feel like they had this that ultimate power. Because they're the only ones <clears throat> that had access. It's just so when the only ones that got access to things like that, man, you can pretty much strong arm people, you know, which is what happened when Columbus came to America and seen the Indians. They have the archery. He has guns. I think they called it. going to win that fight. I think they called it killing at a distance. That's when they started that whole little movement. And then they did the, uh, right. then they did the, 
I think it was Kill Anything That Moves March. That's when they right. kind of like swept through the United States and they were just kind of like killing any and every Native American that they possibly could. It burned up, which is crazy. Exterminate All the Brutes. It's on HBO Max. Make sure y'all check that out. Um, it's, it's another touch on history uh, that gives a little bit more detail, a little deeper insight on truth, which led me into looking more into ideological subversion because okay. because that's truth as well. But you can put so much truth in people's faces and they still won't understand what, you know what I mean? Still won't believe, still won't understand. You know what I mean? And that all is a part of the plan that was set in place. See, I rolled into this. It's, it's like a Russian agency or the KGB agency. Um, mm. A guy did an interview uh, by the name of Yuri Bezmenov. Um, and he was an agent that worked for KGB. And they and he talked about um, a tactic that they used, um, ideological subversion. It was a tactic openly used by the Soviet Union to influence an entire nation, but they couldn't and they couldn't do this influence overnight. Um, they influenced an entire nation over generations. Um, the strategy worked by targeting mostly public figures. You know what I mean? So actors, um, intellectuals, students. Um, celebrities, uh, people that are like just fabulously rich, and of course they took over the media. The media is like the main outlet to brainwash. And we just, before we go forward, we come to to tell y'all this kind of stuff because you need to know it's very vital for your mental health and your understanding. One thing I I push heavily out here is for people to understand who they are. You know what I mean? The first thing you always want to understand is who you are. Before you can do anything else in the world, you need to understand who you are. What's your purpose? What's your what is what does life mean to you? You know what I mean? Where far as your happiness and your success lie. So when I come across this kind of stuff, I just like to bring it to the attention of people just so they can have an understanding of how much stuff is actually going on in the world around them that they have no understanding of. Human beings as a whole have a weakness. And it's easy for us to see other people's problems, but we can't see our own problems. And actually, a lot of Americans are actually blind to their own problems. Do you agree with that? I do. Um, but in the same token, a problem is not the same to everybody. Um, like, when you look at what a problem is, a problem to you could be a challenge to someone else. But a lot of times when you don't understand what a problem really is, you don't treat it as a problem and you can either sink or swim mm-hmm. because of not analyzing the situation. But that all is based on the individual because we're all built differently. Certain things you may look at as a challenge I may say it's a problem because I may not be equipped to overcome this challenge or this problem because my first go around. A lot of times we learn how to deal with problems and they become challenging as opposed to a problem because of things we've encountered. Maybe someone imparted knowledge on us to help us understand if you come across this, then what you're supposed to do. So not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody has the intuition to say, hmm, let me not do this because it can lead to this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. 
So I think that once you really be honest and try to assess the difference between the two, because if you ask some people, some people may say, well, the problem is the challenge and the same thing because people, some people look at challenging as a problem. With us, we know how to separate the two and not put them in the same boat because to me, a problem is more heinous than a challenge. I'm built for a challenge. Mm-hmm. I'm built to handle problems, but not all problems. I'm built to handle more challenges than more problems. Because I feel like the challenges, I I, I got the cheat sheet on. Mm-hmm. Because if I don't, I have resources that I can go to to help me understand these challenges, how to overcome. There are certain problems that we have to deal with in life that some people may not have the cheat sheet on. Like, case in point, you mentioned um, early on about the situation where the, uh, the person shot the mom and this and another. All right. That's, that's a problem mm-hmm. that we ain't got the answer to that. You know what I'm saying? But there are certain things that could have went differently with that situation that would have made it challenging. This dude hurt my mom's or my mom's friend, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? How do I deal with that? Whatever. That's a difference because everybody has someone that's hurt. But not everyone has dealt with situations like those to sit back and say, okay, here's the here's the playbook on how to overcome that problem. So that's just how I look at it, man. No, it makes a lot of sense. And and it goes hand in hand with understanding that a lot of people can't see the difference between a problem and a challenge, which is just a part of demoralization. You know what I mean? It's coming from it's it's all stemming from that ideological subversion that I was telling you about. Like this is about 35, about 35 to 40 years ago, um, Bezmanov, uh, the, the Russian KGB agent, uh, gave an interview where he talked about um, ideological subversion. So subversion happens in four stages, which is demoralization, destabilization, crisis, and normalization. And in that first stage, it should last about, I believe you say it'll last about 15 to 20 years. You know what I mean? That's the time period that you need to to raise up a generation and brainwash them according to communist ideology. You agree with that? What about which part exactly? How long it takes to... You know the mental part, the fifteen-year Well, in today, in today's and present time, it wouldn't take fifteen to twenty years because of right. the power of technology and mass media, which is all a part of that first stage. You know what I mean? It was all about uh, manipulation of the media and the academia. Is that's what was required for the demoralization stage? You have to manipulate the media and what's being taught across the board, across the statewide, everything. You know what I mean? So. In that time where people were more so, when the interview gave, I think the interview was gave in like 1985, around that time, you're thinking 80s, you're thinking 70s, people like that, you know what I mean? People had a different kind of mind, a different type of concept. And just speaking culturally, that was where it was a major, major push on like Moors, Islam, and and um, 
like 5% and all that type of stuff. You feel what I'm saying? So around those times, it was really hard to get into the mind of a black man unless you, like, attack that black man with, like, drugs or challenges or problems in the community or the environment you're in. You know what I mean? So in today's time, everything... You think it was harder back then to get into the mind of a black man? Yeah, I believe... I, I would say so. I felt like you had a lot of quote unquote woke individuals back then than you have now. I think they were in the minority. And listen, we don't have numbers to prove any of this. Right, right, right. The reason why I think it might have been easier then than now is because the limited access to knowledge of fact ah. back then versus now. And you think about it, T, you had you had the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. You had the revolutionaries, things like that. People who marched with Dr. King, that type of stuff. Other than those specific groups, you had a lot of uneducated black men out here. True. You know True. what I'm saying? Um, like my dad, who fought in Vietnam, you know, was drafted into Vietnam. He'd go over there. He'd come back on drugs, things like that. And, you know, that was the norm, especially with black men during that time, going over there, being drafted to the army, come back, they own drugs, life is never the same, that type of stuff. So I think it was more influential back then for people to so-called, quote-unquote, drink the Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. as opposed to now, where if you try to talk a person against this because this is wrong, you can have more options of evidence. See, this is what I'm talking about right here, blah, blah, blah. People weren't doing seminars and shit like that back in them days. Right. Because for one, everything was so segregated. You know? I'm not sense. talking from experience. No, I'm only talking from just what I've seen. And when I talk to older people, how much they're not knowledgeable about certain things because all they can go by, let's go back to the story with the brutes. They only know what was, written, what was in the book. Right. We got the option of looking at this documentary or going on YouTube, looking up information, or going on Google, looking up information, or whatever we want to do, go to the library, get some books. Their options were limited because a lot of them couldn't even read. Uneducated. You know what I mean? So a lot of stuff they learn is what people told them, not because they was able to figure it out for them for themselves. So I just think that the revolutionaries and stuff like that, man, they were the minority. They were a separate entity speaking on behalf of all the others. Right. And like I said, we don't have stats to prove this. I'm just kind of just, just going off, off thinking. Uh, right. Just just open mindedness. Which which uh, right. which it does make sense. I guess the standpoint that I was coming from is the fact of how much we are in front of like how much we actually interact with media in today's time and how much. Oh, I know exactly where you're coming from. You know, get influenced by it. But when you hit it from that aspect, what it is true, it was limited resources. So you had to go by either word or mouth or you had to seek out the information and how many people were actually seeking out and able to find information back then to actually come across a truth. The only truth that it was is the force of some type of religion into their brain or something like that, which makes sense. I hear you. I hear you. See, that's why we and I'm curious these, to see. That's why we have these conversations, man. That's just two different brains working together to come up with a theory. Right. But and I'm curious to see too, like, and let's and and 
Like, I was born in 77. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, of course, I'm older than you. But even think back to when you were younger. Let's say when you was like five, six years old. Mm-hmm. I think back to about five, six years old. That was about 97. Either way it go. 97. Either way it go, it's still different than it is right now. How you grew up and how I grew up is different than catches growing up today. Things that are available for knowledge purposes. Things that are influential and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because you sit back and say, man, it's, it just gets worse by the minute. And it takes you to reflect to understand that. So now you think about you think about what you just said. And then you think about 35 years ago. So demoral, demoralization being a plan that's setting this being set out 15, 20 years. Now we're going to the second stage um, of destabilization. And this is the stage that focuses on like throwing a society into chaos. And they say it usually takes about two to five years. You know what I mean? During this stage, the status quo in economy, foreign relations, and defense systems are changed. How that sound? Says the establishment promises all kinds of goodies in order to win people's support for creating a massive government that is intrusive to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like that can, you feel like, do you feel like we've rode until that point any time in the last 20 to 30 years? Well, definitely. The thing is, man, people are looking for that quick fix and will sell their soul for that quick fix. Mm-hmm. You know, corporate generally speaking, um, especially the older people, man. When you talk to a lot of older people of color, they've been down for so long. That's why it was a big deal for them to see a black president elected, a black vice president, regardless of what people may think, who did what, who ain't done what, whatever the case may be. But to them, that's monumental mm-hmm. because in the, in, the, in the way in which they came up, they did not think any of that stuff was possible. So now you look at other forms of sacrifice that people make to try to at least feel like they're making a, a change or a difference or becoming an equal or whatever the case may be. Um, but you got some people out here like, no, we ain't giving, we ain't, I ain't giving up nothing for that. I earned this. I ain't giving up nothing. I earned for that. You know, my grandma's 92 years old, man. And we have conversations. She has every ounce of her memory. And she just tells me about sacrifices through the years, walking five miles to school, things like that. And she says, like, I wouldn't change nothing because it made them who they are today. I was just about that to was say. the ones that was in the front row fighting for us. It's time for it's time. You know what I'm saying? So today's society is more willing to say, hey, here you go. You know, people talk that shit, but we all know. It's a lot of cowards out here, man. They don't believe in standing up for nothing. Right. They just want a piece of the pie. Anything, right. Fall for anything. And I You ask I people nowadays, they say, I want my 40 acres in a mule. What does that mean? Oh, you heard Spike Lee say it. Because they just want a part. They don't even know what it's a part of. Mm. They even know what it means. That's the problem. And you got all these available resources to you now that you can go use to find out. Any dose of information that you want to find out. Which goes back to 
I was going to touch on something, but I didn't want to cut you off. When you first started this part of the conversation you, and you was talking about, I can't quote you verbatim, but you were saying that people, it's hard to get people to understand the truth or something like that you said. Yeah, because uh, it's hard to get people to, to, to see the truth. You know what I mean? Even if you put right. so many resources and stuff in front of their face because they've been demoralized so bad. That's what you said. And when you said that, first thing that came to my mind was, no, it's hard for people to even care about the truth. That one. You got to care first. When me and you sit back through the years, many years, and had conversations about things, it's not about us agreeing or disagreeing. Mm-hmm. But one thing I know when I'm talking to you, if you have a comeback to anything that I'm presenting to you, I know it's going to be of sense. Right, right, right. Not just because you don't, you don't want to hear it. How many people do you talk to that's going to come back with sense? People don't want to have sense. And, the, and, the, and, and a lot of the times I find myself in the situations where I am conversating with somebody with sense, and those around want to make it seem like the conversation that you're having you know what I mean, are like touchy situations or or risky conversation. You know what I mean? And it's like, what do you mean? Right. You know what I mean? It's just, this is this is normal talk. But that's the problem right now. Are we not, us as a people are not having enough common sense conversations. We're not having enough intellectual conversations. You know what I mean? We're just talking about, we're talking about what we're forced to talk about. We're right. watching what we're forced to be watched. Which also goes deep into thinking about what somebody else wants you to think about. You know what I mean? Because you push all these little thoughts in your mind to the side of what you want to know or what you need to understand that actually make you feel more at ease. But instead of that, you feel like you're going to miss something. And that's the manipulation of mass media and technology, putting so much of it in front of your face that you, you pretty much become addicted to it. You know what, man? Somebody told me something the other day. And I'm going to put you in the same boat. And it's a compliment. Somebody told me, because I was telling them about different job opportunities. I've been looking at stuff like that. They said, dog, you ain't got to worry about nothing. I said, what you mean? They said, because you interact with everybody. You know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Of all races, there's not a conversation that can go over your head. You don't, you're not out here trying to prove yourself. People like you for you. You don't have to worry about that. You have you're gonna always gonna have people calling you saying, "Hey man, this opportunity over here, this opportunity over there," because you're just a good guy, mm-hmm. and that's how I always describe you. Like man, me, you can sit back and vibe about things, man. Ain't gotta do with the year you born and stuff like that, man. But I learn stuff from you. You learn stuff from me. We're not sitting back closed minded about trying to interact, and that's what's wrong today, man. People, you know, and I try to tell my own kids that, like, yo, it's gotta be a point in time where you gotta. You know, broaden your horizons. I don't want to be stuck in just this cocoon. Right. I can't. I can go interact with anybody. If me and you right now went to a banquet in New York City, somewhere we ain't been before, mm-hmm. we invited to a banquet. We're going to go in there. We're going to hold a conversation. We're going to go in there. We're going to be talking with sense. And, be and it's not going to be not one person in there. 
that we wouldn't be able to interact with. And be open enough to have have a conversation. Man, I that's all I'm saying. That was one of the biggest things I noticed when I made the move here. See, you know, here in Milwaukee and Wisconsin, we are very social people. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. And coming here, it's like a lot of everybody's, you know, more so closed off, individual. You know what I'm saying? So that was just something different. You know what I mean? And, and me being how I am of where I was born and where I was raised is just I'm. You know what I mean? I'm just I see people, I speak to people. You know what I mean? But you don't get that too much down here. A lot of people don't want to speak. A lot of people aren't open to having conversations. But then when you find people that are open to having those conversations, at least they know something. You know what I mean? And that'd be a plus in the in the category too. Right. Right. And and that's that's all I'm saying, man. Like, we pride ourselves on being well rounded people. Mm-hmm. We can go live in the hood, we can go live in the burbs. We can move to a different state and we still stay true to who we are. And in the end, people are going to love us for who we are, not for what we're trying to be mm-hmm. and what we did. But, you know, people say, oh, man, I, you know, I used to get money. I was out here. I had this kind of car, blah, blah, blah. Hey, man, it's not where you from, it's where you at. That means nothing to me. Anything I got, you can get. Facts. Anything if you want to know this other man, I can share. I'll share the information with you because we all can win together. Mm-hmm. And that's what the that's that's where the the morals of life have vanished. At um, just trying to help one another. You don't see right. too many too many people just looking to help each other out anymore. And we need to get back to that. You know what I mean? We gotta we gotta shake everything that we felt that we well we gotta shake everything that we were taught. You know what I mean? All the way down to how we are supposed to live. You know what I mean? What's the correct way of living? Even when, like, I'm one of those people that when you go to the doctor and then they, you know what I mean, give you a height and your weight chart, they always seem to tell you you obese. But you like, man, I feel good. So according to whose chart, you feel what I mean? So that's mm-hmm. the same way I look at with, with life. You know what I mean? According to whose chart is saying that you actually live in the right way. Because right. the world that we live in is is, is is coursing us and teaching us to live according to how they want us to live. But how do you want to live? You know what I mean? That's where you're going to find your true happiness at by living mm-hmm. according to how you feel you should live. And I'm not talking, I'm not talking about in the negative ways of things you were taught because mass media flashes so much negativity when it comes to like violence and drugs and degrading women and stuff like that you you're forced to see this stuff so you're forced to think that you have to choose one of one portion or piece of um aspect of this stuff into your life you don't have to choose any of that you can do a complete 360 and, and be the complete opposite of what media is trying to force you to believe that you are supposed to be true the thing about it is though you gotta want it as well too many people pay attention to the to like I pay attention to the media. Mm-hmm. I pick and choose what part of the media I pay attention to. Right. You know, people say, I don't watch the dudes. Well, I like what the fuck's going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and I ain't saying who got killed around the corner from me. I'm talking about like national news. I like to know why is this like this? Or what's going on over there? Or Wherever the case may be, that's what I want to know. I pick and choose what I want to listen to, what I want to watch. I know who's going to give it to me, so that's what I watch. 
And then it also you know, gives you it gives you a, a deeper insight to other things that you already think about, things that you right. already want to know. You have to have experience. You know what I mean? You have these different experiences to go along with the thoughts that you might have. Uh, mm-hmm. Like like prime example, um, the the situation with the with the Suns coach. We already have. Yeah, I mean the the Suns owner. My apologies. Uh, you have these different conversations that stem around the sports world. You know what I mean about the way that they. You know what I mean. Players are being done, whether it's being done right or being done wrong, and the the ones that they choose to be the face of this and the face of that. You know what I mean. It's just so much stuff that stem around that. So when you have situations pop up like what happened with the Suns owner, it just gives you a deeper insight to understanding like how these owners are seeing their players. Not Now, this doesn't go for all, but it does open up for most, depending on uh, family generation that they come from behind or, in some cases, just how old of a coach it is, you know what I mean, just being stuck in their ways from what the leagues used to be. Let me ask you this. I was on, go ahead. <clears throat> are we going to get deep into it today or are we going to wait till next week? Man, let's talk about it. I was okay. just about to tell you, go ahead and, and, and spin it off, though, because I know it's probably a lot of people who don't know about it. Because it, 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 I'm not sure if it was like national, but you know, we spent so much time. Watching, oh, like, oh, yeah, it was national. No, 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 like, not not national from that standpoint. I know it, it, it broke headlines and stuff like that. I mean, far as like how everybody know about like a George Floyd situation and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if too many people know about it. Robert Sarver who's the owner of the Suns. Let me rephrase that. Shout out to Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA. He refuses. He's changed the lingo. So these guys no longer call owners, they're called governors. Because he doesn't like the slave name owner of a team. Mm-hmm. So he changed that effect of 2021. Um, this guy did so much stuff behind the scenes. Um, very misogynistic. He treated his employees like piece of property. He told them many times, I own you. He made them sign non-disclosure agreements. Um, he used to have conversations at the boardroom about sex with his wife. Um, just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. And I haven't read the article in a while, but a lot of stuff like that. That, you know, then I interviewed some former players who's like, yeah, dude, ain't nothing. Um, and former, like, co-workers and stuff they talked to as well. Right. And then I read last week that the courts ruled that those who signed the non-disclosure agreements can talk about it. So they threw the non-disclosure agreements out. Oh, so a lot of people are going to probably come forward with the stories and... Well, they want to interview some of these ex-employees, like, who worked in, the, you know, the uh, call centers, things like that. Those ones who had to sign these agreements. Mm-hmm. So now, and they've been wanting to talk, but because of the agreement, they didn't want to get sued. So now they're able to talk. You got people, even when you read the article, people who still suffer from anxiety. So I like that from working for this man and the way he treated them and stuff. Now, with that being said, the sad part he, about it is, I think he asked they said, one of them ladies, like, do I own you? Right. Yeah, he was right. rough, man. He, he, he took female employees out to dinner or out to lunch because I guess he was the chairman of a bank over there in Phoenix or in Arizona, shall I say. And he would take them there so they could act more like the ladies from the bank. I mean, it was just crude behavior. And then on top of the fact, but one thing people were saying, which I knew this already because just common knowledge, 
this mentality really goes on a lot in the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's why you never see a minority owner in the NFL. I'm talking about black, shall I say. Right. Because it's still considered a good old boys network. Look at Dan Schneider. This stuff goes on. It's a matter of what gets blown. I mean, what, what comes to the carpet. That's why and correct Richardson. Me if, correct me if I'm wrong. Dan Snyder is a, from Washington, right? Right. Right. That's why Richardson had to sell the Panthers a couple years back because he was doing stuff like that and made some comments. Not to this extent. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But you just see it more and more coming to the forefront because of technology. The emails and stuff like that. Look what happened with John Gruden. Right. And John Gruden is going to sue them because this thing is, y'all have been investigating the Washington football team to take down somebody else, but you use me to scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said these things in these emails, but y'all still ain't said nothing about what y'all discovered with all these other people that y'all have been investigating in that organization. Right, right. That's been tarnished for years. And you know what I'm saying? And when you come from the the when you look at it from the NBA aspect, it could still just be rolling from um just like what uh what Sarver, just like Sarver said. Somebody said they was having a conversation with him and he had uh, said that he brought Watson in because he said like the black players need a black a black leader. Mm-hmm. I, don't quote me; it might not be that, but it's along the lines of that. Like these black, the reason they only go listen to black people. Yeah, the reason why Watson Basically. he brought Watson in is because he like yeah, don't, right? You need them; they they need a black person so they can listen to somebody black. That's why I brought him in. You know what I mean? Just making a lot of gestures and a lot of inappropriate. And do you see why he fired Watson? Conversations, yeah, because he didn't want uh, he didn't want him to. He wanted him to cut ties with Clutch and Rich, Rich Paul. Paul. Yeah. yeah, but it was like Rich Paul. He Rich Paul worked for Clutch, but he wasn't his agent or something, right? Rich, right. Rich Paul runs Clutch, but you know these agencies got so many different agents. Exactly. So it was another agent that handled his contracts. But then what uh, Watson had said was, if that was the case, then when they brought me in, they would have never signed me if it would have been the conflict of interest. Then, right. So why did they pop up right. while three contracts later? that you need to get rid of them because I believe it was Bledsoe, right, that they had under contract yep. as well, under clutch. Bledsoe always been represented by Rich Paul. But that's, so that's when the – Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so when it's all said and done, you know, these were reasons to be looked at. Right. As to why, you know, and, and the NBA ain't playing that, man. We all learned that with Donald Sterling. Mm-hmm. The NBA is not playing that, and it's a lot. And the NBA is a minority-driven league. You got ownership. You got white guys on a team like Mark Cuban, who believe in equality. Mm-hmm. He puts his money where his mouth is. You know that's the type of ownership you got. You'll never had that in baseball. You never had that in football. And we ain't gonna talk about the NHL, but the three American sports, you would never have that between the other two, because. Um, I think Jalen Rose said it one day. You look at the NFL. The NFL, unless a, unless a team is sold, hardly ever do NFL teams get sold because one person dies, uh, they pass it on to their kid mm. who don't know shit about the sport and fuck it up. You know what I'm saying? It just goes down the line. It's inheritance. Uh-huh. Same thing with baseball. You don't see that in basketball like that. 
you know. So this guy, Sarver, it's curtains for him. And I, I really – I say by next season, I don't expect for him to be a part of the organization. See, when ESPN put this story out, they put out and, – and the word was about a month beforehand, like, hey, ESPN got this bombshell on Suns owner Robert Sarver. He came out tonight. Oh, whatever they say is not true. He's on the defensive right away. Right away, right. Whatever they say is not true. Right, because you knew it was some shit. It was a shot that stink. So now it's going on. Now they're saying, you know what? Those with this document, they can talk now. There's not a disclosure agreement. When everything come out, he's going to be like Donald Sterling. You ain't going to hear from him no more. They're going to make him set a team, and he's got to go. Because these players ain't going to want to play for him. Mm-mm. Remember, Chris Paul was playing for Donald Sterling when that shit went down. So, in in that situation, what happens? Like, are they allowed to? They got to find somebody else to take over the team, or somebody get elected up and get promoted, or what? What happens to Phoenix they, they, behind all this? They'll, they'll they'll promote somebody till they find an owner. The league will appoint someone in the organization. Like with the Clippers, when Don Sterling got the boot. Doc Rivers pretty much took over the day-to-day operation. He was already was like vice president of basketball operations or whatever. Right. So he just got bumped up to run shit until they found someone to own the team. You know what I mean? And normally these things don't take long mm-hmm. because, trust me, it's going to be a long line of motherfuckers trying to buy them Phoenix Suns. Mm-hmm. They're a hot team. They're a good team. They got good talent. I wouldn't get that if they was a bad team. If who don't want to get their foot in ownership of the NBA, mm-hmm. where revenue up the ass, they making money up the ass right now. You know what I'm saying? Is you could be the worst team in the world. A Rod just bought the Timberwolves, him and his buddy, in the summertime. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Look, they don't give a damn with Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> guess what? In the end, you're gonna make Buku bread off of it. It's a brand that. Eventually, because what I'm hearing, they're really behind the scenes making way to send the shit to, to move to Seattle. The Timberwolves? Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's an unknown fact. Mm. Become, that's kind of behind the scenes talk. Because ever since the Supersonics left, they rebuilt that arena from the ground up. Mm-hmm. They started that brand new NHL team there this year, the Seattle Kraken. And there's a lot of money there right now, man. They got a loyal fan base. Minnesota, man, they don't want to spend money on the team, the state. So that was what was going to happen with the Bucks if Herb Coden said them to them dudes that got them now. Another owner's going to buy them and try to move them to Seattle. So when it's all said and done, man, if you could – Robert Sarver, bottom line, he messed up a good thing because he got into a fraternity – it's hard to get into. And now that he's in it, he screwed it up. Mm-hmm. By acting the way he's acting, didn't think it was going to come back on him. People talk. We talk about back in the day. Back in the day, you could have got you could have got away with that. Now, anybody having that? There's cell phone conversations and all this type of stuff. He didn't have that back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Well. And all this comes from your team. Of course, it's all was going on through the years. 
But now you got to say your team at the pinnacle of their success. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm talking about you got a nice little lineup. At the pinnacle of your success. I mean, come on now. Ain't been to the final since 94. Snatched the world from you. That's yeah. That's be, though. And, and, and when you walk around like you own something, like you the head honcho, instead of being humble, come back and get you, man. How can you be humble, though, man, when everything been handed to you? Well, true facts. That's more. That's wouldn't that be even more reasons to be humble? Knowing that if you don't know what humble to, is. Well, there you go. Now, we talking about generations and generations of, of riches. I don't know sorry situation, but let's just say for, for the sake of argument, that's the case. Just even born into it as a kid, just growing up rich, then all of a sudden you in control of the money now. So where's the adversity? What if you had to get out of? Or where where did you come from? Not having. Right. Because you've seen people with power around you and money, whenever they get into a situation, they buy themselves out of it. That's where the non-disclosure agreement stuff comes from. He didn't just decide to do that out the blue. Mm-hmm. He was put on game. Hey, man, this is what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's, mm. that's crazy how this works, man. It's the world that we live in, man, and that's why it's important for people to pay attention to the people that they're around and really get to know the individuals that's in your that's in your circle or got any dealings with with your well being. Because people right. always got a hidden agenda behind it, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying everybody, mm-hmm. does, but a lot of the times you find your your Judas in your circle. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. always one somewhere. And most of the times they flaunt it right in your face, but you just gotta you gotta be open to understand it, right? And that's right. where you find out. You got anything, man? Before we take this thing home, man. You know what, man? I think I said everything I need to say, man. It just was it was a powerful show. Mm-hmm. Really, every show been powerful. We just like we getting better with age, right? You know, each show is getting better and better with the knowledge and that type of stuff. You know, and um. You know, just make you know everybody just be safe out there. The New Year's is coming. You know, do what feels right. A lot of times that's sitting still, not putting yourself in a position of adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, once again, we talking about challenges, and you know, certain challenges I don't need. You know what I mean? I'm cool just sitting still without having to make a decision. Is it a challenge, or is it not? So just be safe, for everybody. Man, be healthy. Listen. I am royalty, and I do want to thank you for sitting in on mental health on tea time. Uh, be sh- uh, quick shout out to the to the sponsors. That's true to you. That's debonair shisha. That's debonair shisha. You know what I mean. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to the sponsors of the show. Man, you said it best, man. The best thing you can do sometimes, the safest thing you can do is just sit still. You know what I mean. It's a lot. Of, we do a lot of movement in the world, and it's if we just that take time that time to sit yeah. still. We can be safe, man. There you go. All right. Happy New Year's to everybody out there. Positive energy always creates elevation. Peace. Till next time. Out.